Sisters and brothers in Christ, grace and peace to you this day from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. So I don't know about you, but one of the most frustrating things about these last four months has been trips to the grocery store. In the early days of social distancing, our family would make our list of all the things that we felt we needed for the week. And I would set out as the designated shopper. I would joke that Marnie made sure my life insurance was paid up before I went. In those early days, it was all about impossible to purchase things like toilet paper. So when you encountered any brand, you just bought it, no matter if you preferred it or not. And we bought some terrible toilet paper. And as you know, things like disinfecting wipes went empty and are still hard to find. Hand sanitizer was initially hard to find, and when you did, the cost had jumped exponentially. But what is and has continued to be so frustrating is not being able to get the items, not only the items that you need, but in most cases also, maybe even the brand you prefer. I don't know about you, but we have certain items that we only buy certain brands of. Say like Caro Syrup or Nestle's Toll House Morsels Chocolate Chips. You might find or, or uh, think Marnie did some baking during COVID. Now, were there, there were at times brands available, other brands, and of course, store brands are not usually like what you would normally want. And after a historical occasion when I returned from the store with an off-brand of something and I got heavily chastised, I would often return with many items on our list, uh, not with many items on our list. But after weeks and weeks of not being able to procure those items, we relinquished and started buying some different brands. A common phrase that I have spoken these last few months, especially when I return from the grocery store, is you get what you get. And these items, while not exactly what we wanted, were what we needed for the meantime. And sometimes we even made do without what we wanted, which was okay too. Now today we encounter one of, if not the most well-known, of Jesus' miracle stories. Like Mark said, this text is obviously important as all four gospel writers write about it. Even John, which is not often the case. In fact, it is the only miracle story contained in all four Gospels. This text kind of takes an abrupt turn from where we've been over the last few weeks. We've heard a lot about Jesus' teaching in parables the last weeks. And we find Jesus and the disciples again on the shores of Galilee. And Jesus has just received word that John the Baptist has been killed by Herod Antipas while he was in prison. We're told again that Jesus gets into a boat to get away from the crowds, if only for a short time. And when Jesus makes landfall, he is met by a great multitude. We're told it was a crowd of 5,000 men plus women and children. You see, by this time, the crowds had begun to continually follow Jesus, to seek Jesus for his healings and to cure the sick, his miracles and casting out demons. And of course, to listen to him teach. Unlike those that taught in the synagogues and the temple, Jesus taught with a new authority and a new truth unlike anyone before him. And on this occasion, we're told that it is getting late in the day. 
And the disciples begin to consider their bodily needs, and so they tell Jesus to dismiss the crowd and let them go and find food and whatever they need in neighboring towns. The disciples are often found being concerned with their bodily needs. But Jesus tells them they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Now I can only imagine the disciples' reaction when Jesus tells them this. I likened it to when we are serving our weekly Wednesday night meals and it's 4.45 and we have 30 minutes to go and we're almost out of chicken. It gets everybody anxious. They become concerned. And by the way, I want to clarify, we're not back to serving Wednesday night meals yet. Jesus puts the role of host and server on the disciples. And they look at the meager supply that they have at their disposal, and it seems as if they say, Jesus, what are you thinking? We just don't have enough. I think it is this feeling of not enough that we can appreciate right now. We in the United States are generally used to having much. But it seems right now we don't. And of course, there are some with less than others, but against the world, we have much. I think this is one of the challenges of this time of COVID, the sense of having enough or being able to do enough. And I think often we begin to look around and we try to make sense of what we see and what's going on and at least try to consider some of the fairness of what some have and what others do not. At face value, we are the richest country in the world, and part of the tension that currently exists in our culture is the balance between what is safe for us to do and what is needed for our economy. We continue to struggle with increasing infection rates. We have heard this again here in Sioux Falls this week. And we struggle with what we can and should do. During these last several months, I have been able to witness the disparity between those that have and those that have not. Those that have the luxury of being able to work from home, to protect themselves from exposure to others, to be with their children, and though challenging, even being a part of their education. Those that could afford to do some long-awaited projects around the house now having both time and means. Those that have worked throughout their lives for security in these now their golden years of life. Then there are those that still have work but are being called to the front lines of the pandemic, putting themselves and their families at risk as this is what their job demands. And then there are those that have lost jobs, that now have gone months without work, where they're trying to make each day to meet their needs. Sure, the stimulus check helped, but that has been long ago. Those that continue to incur debt to live each day or have simply been left without. I received a message on Friday from a woman in our congregation that lost her job due to COVID and I have been in regular contact with her these last four months as she has been riddled with stress, trying to keep a roof over her family's head and trying to keep food on the table. 
Friday she received word that she would have a job starting in mid-August. And she spoke with such joy and such gratitude. But even more so, I sensed relief and a hope that she had not had in a long, long time. But she's one of the lucky ones. Friends, at the core of this text is not some great and deep motivational speech for you. It's not giving you something to do, and it is often preached that way. But what we're hearing from this text is really about Jesus delivering the goods of who God is. It is the good news of God in Jesus Christ. Jesus takes what the disciples have scrounged up, two fish and five loaves, and he feeds the entire crowd. Not only feeds them until they're full, but there are leftovers, 12 baskets full. Now, while this is certainly a miracle in that moment and in that stage, it is not particularly unique because God delivers his good and faithful daily bread each and every day into our world. He gives abundantly out of his sovereign goodness. And we receive this blessing with leftovers. He even provides for those that curse him or deny him. Now Martin Luther explained daily bread this way, that it includes all the things needed for life. Food and clothing, home and property, work and income, a devoted family, orderly community, a good government, favorable weather, peace and health, a good name, and true friends and neighbors. These are all the good things that God has established for your keeping. But some, however, will say, Pastor Jeff, I do not have all of this good bread, this daily bread. We're told when Jesus came ashore, he had compassion on the crowd, and this is not a unique assertion, but is an attribute of God that we often forget. Our God is a giving God. It is his nature. Now, you are here today because God is still creating, and you are here today because God is sustaining his creation. But we all know that at times, creation rages against itself. And this is exactly what we're experiencing right now. But I will tell you that God is faithful, and he shows up exactly where he's needed. It is our own sinfulness that gets in the way of God's goodness. Believe it or not, this is what we saw in the toilet paper shortage in March and April. There was no particular reason to stockpile toilet paper, and yet this is exactly what happened. It's what happens. It also happened with meat and flour and sugar and all kinds of basic commodities. In Wednesday's pastor's Bible study, we compared this to the manna given to the Israelites in the wilderness. And God said he would provide, and much like we today, the Israelites did not trust that. They did not trust God at his word. And they began to stockpile the manna. God is faithful. We are not. There's yet another understanding that is drawn from this text. God gives you not always what you want, but he certainly does give you what you need. 
Jesus said, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This was his response to the devil as he was tempted in the wilderness. The voice of the prophet Isaiah today, which we heard, reminds us, listen carefully so that you may live. An underlying assumption of this text for today is to understand that God is still providing all that you need and he goes to great lengths to provide it. Jesus fed the multitude, showing his true identity as God incarnate. And God sends Christ into our presence and still sends him into our presence so that we can get a glimpse of God's creating spirit in our midst. He sends his son into your presence today through the power of the Holy Spirit and in his word and through that presence and in his word, you, a sinner, are forgiven for the things that separate you from God and you are granted new life through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now we are experiencing that encounter in very unique ways these days. This weekend we have opened back up in an altered way here in this space. We continue to offer parking lot worship services with communion each Sunday evening. And we'll continue to record and broadcast as been our custom. We'll continue to offer drive-through communion on Wednesdays, a practice that we never would have even considered outside of this time of COVID, but has been so meaningful for those that have been able to come. And through all of this, it may not be what we want, but it is what we need. God is still providing what you need. And that is to know his love that comes in his son, the promise that is his son, and the faith and knowledge that gives you that created knowledge of knowing that you are sustained by a compassionate God. And that he provides that sustenance with abundance. Peace with God is having what you need. Maybe not what you want, but what you need. And finding yourself grateful. Thanks be to God. Amen.